Welcome to episode 114 of Frank Reactions, the podcast where we help you profit from the digital era through better customer experiences online and off. My name is Tema Frank. And today we've got an interview with Mark Bolter, who's the manager of corporate research for the city of Edmonton. Edmonton, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a city of about a million people. And a couple of years ago, they created the Edmonton Insight Community. And it now has some 7,000 people providing regular in-depth feedback to the city. Now, I'm someone who's really interested in politics, and I care a lot about my city. I often have opinions on what I think it's doing right and wrong. And yet, I don't think I've ever gone to a city public consultation event. It just, you know, doesn't seem appealing, especially on those long, cold winter nights. But participating in an online panel, that is much more appealing. So this is something that has tremendous potential as a way to increase engagement with your citizens and to learn an awful lot more about them and their wants and needs. I recorded this interview after Mark had given a talk about it to the Marketing Research and Intelligence Association's Edmonton chapter. We talked about how to get something like this up and running, how it compares to more traditional forms of market research and community consultation, and how to keep your citizen panel engaged. Before we get to the interview, though, I have a question for you. We've been hearing so much about artificial intelligence, but everything that I've been hearing about and reading about really is aimed at big businesses with big databases and big budgets to match. I'm trying to find examples of how smaller businesses can use AI. If you've got any ideas on this or know of anybody that's targeting the small business market with some AI-based services, would you please send me an email, Tema, T-E-M as in marketing, A, so T-E-M-A, at frankreactions.com. Thanks very much, and now to the interview. I'm Mark Bolter. I'm the manager of corporate research for the city of Edmonton. And you have been involved in the development of a panel of citizens. So how did that come about and why? Sure. So um, we developed the Edmonton Insight Community. So the Edmonton Insight Community is an online panel of about 7,000 Edmontonians. Uh, we developed that in, in 2014 um, with the intent of uh, establishing a coordinated approach to how the city does um, uh, research and engages with the public. Uh, this is in addition to um, a council initiative on public engagement um, in which we were, were looking for new uh, and better ways to engage with the demographics. Okay. And so how did you go about starting this panel? The biggest thing we needed to do was determine um, if such a thing existed, uh, and it did. And uh, so we, we solicited a vendor, uh, and then we worked very closely with our, our legal and um, uh, FOIP teams uh, mm -hmm. to make sure that we were meeting all the uh, privacy requirements uh, mm -hmm. required. But the bigger part of this was how are we going to get people to, to sign up and, uh, and be part of this. So uh, fortunately, um, uh, the, my director at the time had the foresight to um, establish some lists in advance uh, 
with the with the intent that a panel of this nature might might exist in the future. And so uh, for for a few years, we had if there was an open house, if there was some sort of community engagement, uh, we would ask individuals to provide email addresses and things of that nature. And if if, absolutely should this happen happen in the future, (laughs) yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so we had a good base um, to uh, individuals that were interested at the start. And then uh, it largely came about through, um, we, we built a recruitment on a meeting uh, one-on-one with a lot of organizations across the, across the city, whether that's uh, everybody from New Canadians to sporting organizations to student councils, um, uh, as, as well as many other organizations. But that's where we, we started with the recruitment. Okay. Yeah. So you've got some 7,000 people in there now. Mm-hmm. How typical do you think they are of the residents of this city? So we know that um, these individuals in order in order to be aware of the inside community have to be somewhat engaged with their city. So um, the, the challenge is, is finding these people that, that maybe want to provide the city feedback but don't necessarily even know there's an opportunity to. Um, so it, we, it is the Edmonton Insight community, as I often say, it's not the Edmonton representative uh, <laughs> of the population community. Right. Uh, but, but we, we do our best, um, not to build this, um, and recruit as appropriately, um, as we can. But, so one but, of the things you were saying is you'll actually sometimes go target a specific community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll do, we'll, we'll do some random mail drops in a community. If there's an an issue we need to look at and encourage people to sign up, um, our 311, uh, call center. So that's a a call center where people will phone anything about the city. So everything from, from booking a, uh, a course, uh, at a recreation facility to, uh, complaining about your neighbor. Um, so we've tried to leverage uh, our partners at three on one uh, to so that people know about this opportunity. But we um, we've tried to make this as uh, as reflective uh, of the Edmonton experience as as we can. So this is largely topic driven. So um, a lot of individuals, if they're not interested in particular topics, may not engage with the city on this. It's the same as everything else. If you uh, receive the telephone survey. Uh, about a particular topic and may pique your interest and, and uh, another topic may not. So um, we've really tried to, to, to tailor this as best we can to make it as interesting uh, for the average Edmontonian as possible. So is there a way when people sign up that they can say these are topics I'm particularly interested in and only get asked so, about those? So we, we started that. Um, we started with that. So when the, in the sign-up questionnaire, we asked people, uh, we had a long range of of topics they could select um, that they would be interested in. But that was more to just gauge what this population may be interested in, not necessarily to tailor content. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's opportunities to um, tailor which surveys or or content you receive on a a monthly basis. So we have our um, omnibus survey or uh, survey of various topics. And so that's an opportunity if people want to engage further on, on other topics, we'll actually ask them, would you like to be sent a survey on topic A, B, C, so on. Okay. Um, and so that, that uh, provides uh, them with the ability to tailor their experience. Okay. Now, we, we had a discussion in the room after your talk about mm-hmm. the representativeness versus the insight. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question in my mind is, what distinguishes insight if it's not from valid research right mm-hmm. so so how do you determine i mean the, the real question so you showed some survey data where it was compared to telephone yep. surveys some it was almost exactly the same others it was wildly different yeah 
So how do you deal with that? And so we, we just need to, to, to demonstrate the sources of these data, mm-hmm. uh, the data sets. And so we, in reporting, we don't say, this is what all Edmontonians think. We actually say, this is what the Edmonton Insight community thinks. Right. Where what really comes into play and where the robustness is, is that this is a group of people. This, that same group of people could have completed that survey, the, that trend, particular survey, the tracking study, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And that's where the value comes in, where the telephone survey, it's different individuals each right. and every time. So we can start to dig deeper and look at some demographic information uh, over these last three years of these particular individuals mm-hmm. and, and dig deeper. And what are they saying about the city? Is it, this is a, a branding thing? This is a communications mechanism. It, it's, it is the word insight for a reason because we're building these data sets mm-hmm. uh, um, in, in a very meaningful way and with, with a group of people that we're engaging with over time. And so we do telephone research to get quota-based representative sampling has its place. What I was demonstrating today wasn't necessarily to be, well, this should be this, this should be this. It was to show just kind of if we were to put them side by side, this is kind of where it falls. We don't have the opportunity to do that in every single questionnaire that we do, obviously, for for budgets um, and things of that nature. But uh, we just like to see kind of where we're at. Uh, There's also uh, what needs to take into consideration that these are different methodologies, one is an online survey, one's a telephone survey, one has a live agent, the other one you're in your comfort of your home or sitting on your couch and, mm-hmm. and providing feedback about whether or not you feel Edmonton is a safe place to live. Right. It would be the same as if you were to do uh, any types of research about do you text and drive. Well, if you were to get that phone call on a live agent, your answer might be a bit different than if you were to complete it on an online questionnaire. So it's not necessarily that the conversation is is about well, this is this group and this is this group. It's that, what are these methodologies telling us? How can we leverage what we know about the methodology? Um, and what insights can we gain from this group of people? As I mentioned, we've completed about 120,000 different questionnaires. And so, not studies, just questionnaires. And so, the amount of information that we're, we've been able to collect about um, Edmontonians' perceptions of their city and the policies and topics that they may be interested in, that's that's the higher level that we want to get into as opposed to, well, this number is 60% and this number is 55%. So what what, what is the differences? And so it's about these larger insights and trends is the, is the bigger, bigger word here. So I see your point about trends over time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you were just saying Edmontonians feel this way about their city, but if you've got a question about do you feel safe at night, yeah. where in a representative sample, 75% said yes, and in the panel, 51% say yes, that's a very big difference. So mm-hmm. is it realistic to say, can can you say with confidence that, you know, half of Edmontonians don't feel safe in their city? No, like, I would never say that. I so would, then where does the, the insight say, come in? Where does the insight come what, in? Because in what, like what that is, is that, oh, okay, is there an issue here? Let's dig into this. Maybe we do need to do further research. Do we, okay. do, do we need to do focus groups? Do we need to do a, can we test a communication strategy with these individuals that are only 50%? Okay, okay. did that change their opinion? Um, do we need to, okay. do we need to have a workshop? Do we need to do a telephone survey? Um, there's so many other angles to come at this is that, 
that this is not just 50% it's done and well, we can't explain it. No, absolutely not. It's, it's what are, what does this mean? So this group of people is, is unhappy with this. Okay. Can we dig in deeper? Is there anything about the demographic information? Is there a particular, um, group that is saying this within that 50%? Okay. Uh, it is. So let's see. Is there anything that historically the city has done in the past that, that maybe has put us in a position with this particular group? Then I can go to internal sources, see what, what is happening with that? Does this require further in-depth research of some some sort? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that's where that's at. This is um, it's insights, and that's the same as a temperature check. You okay. would never a telephone survey may may bring you here, uh, an insight survey may bring you here, and then uh, a uh, doing nothing <laughs> and provides you no information. Okay. And so a good example is, uh, let's take the example that I, I showed earlier of uh, when we were doing some advertising testing and um, it was screenshotted by Insight members and put on social media and things like that. That's a, a great example of, of how this can work. Because can you explain the situation more? For so, people so exactly, this the, we had done some advertising testing for a, a Vision Zero, uh, so it was a traffic safety ad, and and many people very much disliked the ad. And there, this was not final; it was merely an advertising test. And the city actually ended up just pulling the ad due to public reaction. Um, so the insight there is that <laughs> we don't need to do anything further, right? And so we um, we we can't get too bogged down about uh, a certain percentage here and there when it comes to in my example earlier of the the, the telephone survey and and the insight community. Those are meant to be an example. I would never say this is what this means for all of Edmontonians or all of Edmonton. What what, what I would say is that, okay, this number is incredibly low. We haven't seen this number before. We need to dig into this. There's something here that is, this is, this is an issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, so let's see if we can validate this out through a larger population. Let's, let's have a look at this. So that's where the insight is. Before we didn't have anything of this mechanism to even remotely have that conversation. You'd go out, maybe create something in a survey monkey kind of thing, pop it on a website, stick a road sign up, say there's a survey available or whatever it may be, and who fingers crossed, whoever we get, we get. So this way, then, at least you know something you know, about them. Then the absolutely, absolutely, you know and them. so yeah. uh, we know a great deal about them, and we 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 can engage them in the next the next phase of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's not just this, um, thanks for your feedback. Right. Uh, we're going to make a decision. It says, okay, here, here's uh, where we're at now. Give us your feedback. Okay, we heard your feedback. Let's go back to you again. We heard your feedback. How are we doing? Okay, and then we can even go back for a third time. Now we're done of our product or policy. How do we do stamp of approval kind of thing? That development notification letter um, that I just, referenced yeah, earlier. So, they, so uh, that was a situation where a, a notice that goes out to people to say their neighbors have requested to do a new property ex- development. Exactly, yep. And it's full of gobbledygook. Exactly. People complain they didn't understand it. So yeah, then and, and then do? so we asked people to, uh, we asked Insight members to tell us more about that. Uh, what what areas that had government jargon that they didn't understand. And so they actually, uh, we had a highlighter mechanism where they could actually highlight um, areas of the development notification letter. And uh, what that allowed us to do is, so we could see clearly on a heat map through these Insight members um, what words didn't make sense to them. Uh, the, the project team was able to go back and um, say this is what we're, what we're finding, mm-hmm. um, make some changes, 
Show them again. Okay, we heard you. We've tried to change the language. We changed the format. Tell us what you think. Yeah. And then get some more information, some more insight. Go back again. Yeah. And how's this? Uh, uh, how are we doing? And um, it has ended in what we now see in as our development notification letters and development signs and things like that. And much easier to read. Clarity on information who to contact, things of that nature. And and without the insight community and the insights we gain from them over a long period of time, not just a telephone survey, but here's the numbers, thanks very much. We we fought, these people stayed with us the whole way through okay. and we were able to to get that rich information and produce a, uh, what ended up being an excellent product. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I suppose thinking about it, it's like a massive version of a focus group. You get it. So you're getting the kind of insights you might from a focus yeah. group but with a much larger scale. Uh, absolutely. Like we report on this insight community members say. Yeah. And so this has gone from a place of where we would have nothing to present <laughs> to now we have, here's a group of, or here's a, we, we heard from 2000 Edmonton residents. Mm-hmm. Here's what they've said. Right. Here's some themes. Here's what we need to caution on. Here's the communications that we'll need to consider. Right. Here's further research that we may need to do. And so this is uh, the ultimate foundation for mm-hmm. where we're either going to build our policy, we're going to build our uh, project, or we're going to build further research. It can go off in a number of directions. And so that's why it's it's not uh, necessarily meaningful for for me to have a debate. Well, this phone number is is fifty percent, and this number is sixty uh, yeah. percent. Because well, one the one population was four hundred, and one was two thousand. Mm-hmm. There were different methodologies. Like we can go on all day, and um, and so, but it's about. Okay, are the or is this trending the same? Is when are we? When does this get to be a red red flag? Why is this going one direction and this going the other? Like what what do we need to to know? And so so that's the the important part. And, and council, uh, our city council has um has u- utilized this to develop that. Okay, yeah. we're thinking about this. Mm-hmm. What do a thousand people think? Mm-hmm. Here you go. Before we just would not have a mechanism in place to do it quickly to do it in a cost-effective way and to simply get the amount of individuals we provided feedback on that. And so it would either that we'd just go with our gut based on previous information. (laughs) Um, And we all know sometimes that doesn't work too well. (laughs) And uh, and then the other way is like, okay, let's just ask people that are not involved in this what they think about something. So to what extent can you overlay this data on other city data sets? Because the city has data on all kinds of things. So let's say you were asking about dog bylaws. Yep. Can you then look, okay, these were the people who answered the survey. These are the areas where we lived, so we know where they live. So we know that people in this community are more upset than people in that yeah, community. We would, uh, there's tons of different information from everything from snow removal to road construction to yep. dog ownership, cat ownership, yep. whatever you whatever you can think of. Um, I mean, the city even has live data on the amount of rainfall in certain areas. So if we were doing uh, information about whether your home flooded or you're, mm-hmm. you're aware of any subsidies that the city may offer in terms of flooding improvement or whatever it may be. Right. So, yeah, there's a big opportunity there. Um, we're just scratching the surface on that. And I, and I think that it's it's something that we can start creating uh, in a meaningful way long term, whether that's even uh, some sort of weekly data collection or quarterly, but even to take some of the information data that we have now and start seeing if we can package it together and, and take this uh, hard data for lack of a better word and mm-hmm. and and start overlaying some of this uh, public opinion yeah it's exciting over. tons oh, of yeah. potential oh yeah 
So what have been the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome in getting to the point you're at now? There's daily challenges. And there's <laughs> the biggest challenge is, is, is really talking about what is this? And um, I mean, as we, as we, as we, um, the research industry evolves, we really need to embrace and try to, to work with new technologies and things like that. I'm a firm believer in that. And so the biggest challenge is, well, this doesn't, this isn't representative of all Edmontonians. Yeah, it, it isn't. It's not, it's not a, a complete representative of all Edmontonians. As I had mentioned, I don't believe outside of setting up a sampling model that mm-hmm. can be costly, that you're going to get a complete yeah. demographic right down to children in the household uh, breakdown of, of a population. So it's important to determine or, or, or say th- this is what it is. And mm-hmm. it's a group of Edmonton residents who want to provide feedback to the city on an ongoing basis on a wide range of topics. And my here's, guess would here's be, what they say. My guess would be, and I don't know if you've looked at this, that they would probably have a higher propensity to vote than the average population. Um, yes. Well, I mean, the last uh, the last election, the last municipal election, the, I mean, I would have to look at the number, but the turnout was 20, like under 30, let's just say 30%. Right. So absolutely, the yeah. p- amount of people that uh, have voted that are part of this panel uh, are a high number of those 30 percenters, mm-hmm. which, depending on how you look at it, is probably a good thing if you're going to, if you're involved in, in municipal issues and you're sure. interested in, <laughs> yeah. um, here's an opportunity for you to provide feedback and help to shape your city. It's the same as any engagement event, right? We can do an open yeah, house, of course. Uh, putting together an open house or an information session or whatever it may be, takes the same amount of work to do it for one person as if there's 100 people show up, right? And so the, the, the people that, that show up to in-person events probably are, have a higher propensity to be voting as well. So sure. engagement with the city is what we're trying to improve and we're trying to make it easier and more accessible for people to engage at multiple levels. Well, uh, and what's exciting from what, you know, when you were talking about some of the future directions with using virtual reality tools and stuff that are being built into yeah. the phone, <laughs> it provides the opportunity for people who do not want to go out in 20 below zero to an information Absolutely. session at community hall. Absolutely. To actually have that opportunity. And to see that. Yeah, to see, to see something what it right would there. really look yeah. like. Yeah. And when we first launched this, um, even that, that, uh, that comment was um, something we heard very often is that, you know, uh, we, we, we've gotten many comments of, this is great. I was able to provide city feedback on the couch. Uh, I didn't have to go anywhere to provide city city feedback. So we have gotten many of those comments. And so, yeah, as we look, as, as technology adapts, as we become with more opportunities here, uh, yeah, augmented reality could be something that we look at. But we're still talking about how this relates to like a telephone survey. So in order for us to accept the feedback of what an augmented reality study would look like, we really need to move the conversation along to these deeper insights about how people are interacting with us um, and engaging with us long term. And what is their specific, what are they, what's the specific engagement with us at this particular time? What does that, what does that mean? And how, what do we need to do to build our knowledge about that further? So you've got nearly 7,000 people who've put themselves forward to voluntarily spend their free time yes. giving you this information. <laughs> So Great what is people. yeah exactly? So what is the typical time commitment that you expect from these people? Well, we we have um, two engagements a month. Um, uh, one is an omnibus survey with a mix of questions, and then we have a standalone uh, topic survey, so it's just a single single topic. 
it, it just depends on how vocal uh, or passionate a person is about that particular issue. But it, it can be anywhere from, I guess, if let's say if the two surveys are 15 minutes, you know, maybe a half an hour um, to if you want a lot to say and you've opted in for more, you know, maybe maybe an hour, a couple hours. And so it's it's it, it can be as little or as much as, as you would want your experience to be in engaging with the city. Hmm, very mm-hmm. exciting. Were there any major mistakes that you think you made? In terms of building this, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think mistakes. I wish that we knew some. It's the same as in your personal life. There's things that you wish you knew um, now, or wish you knew then that you you know now. What What would you tell somebody? Just just about uh, recruitment, about pushing the technology to create a more engaging experience. About how we provide information back to individuals. Uh, We we push this forward and, and moved it out, and I wish that we knew how to share information back in a more meaningful way right at the start because I think that people would have gravitated towards it and uh, had more loyalty right at the, right at that, so the start. But those are things that we're constantly in, improving and, and looking for um, even right now. So it's not necessarily mistakes, but I, there, there's an opportunity there to share back information in a, in a more expedient and um, informative way. So if somebody were starting this process or was trying to convince their city council or yep. whatever that they should build something like this, what would you advise them as how to how to begin, where to start? Yeah, well, uh, go out and ask some community groups if they would be interested in um, their their members or their organization being part of something like this and uh, start getting some, some pieces in place about these other communities or other organizations. Uh, really would like to be able to provide feedback on an ongoing basis. Go out and look at some some case studies, even like us, City of Vancouver, City of Calgary. See how they've done things differently. Is there is there is there best practice out there? But what I often say is that when we started this, there I couldn't just go to um, the local bookstore and pick up a book, How to Start an Online Panel for Municipal Government <laughs> in Canada. It doesn't exist. Right. We're in new new ground here. Yeah. And I'm convinced that we we this hasn't scratched the surface about what this type of engagement will look look like going forward. I know that there's various platforms now um, out there, and this is just the start. Cool. Is there anything I should have asked you and I haven't? No, he was very (laughs) comprehensive. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. There's clearly some sensitivity there about whether a citizen panel is valid as a form of marketing research. And I did push him pretty hard about that, but ultimately he did manage to convince me that the insights you can get from this type of panel, in fact, can be an incredible complement to more traditional forms of market research and can be a way for a city to get a lot more insight from its citizens than it could ever afford to do using traditional methods. So yeah, this thing doesn't claim to be perfectly demographically balanced, but I believe he's right. It's kind of like a focus group on steroids. If you want to read more about citizen engagement or listen to more about citizen engagement, you might want to check out episode 25 that I did some time ago with Donna Crooks, who was then the Strategic Advisor for Citizen Services for the Government of Saskatchewan. And if you're interested in that, just go to frankreactions.com forward slash 25. And if you are interested in learning more about customer panels, you might also enjoy episode 28 with Renee Racine-Kinnear, 
who at that time was the VP of Customer Experience for Digital Channels at Indigo Books. That one's available at frankreactions.com forward slash 28. And again, as I noted at the beginning, uh, if you've got any experiences with small businesses and artificial intelligence, please do drop me a line. Tema, T-E, Amazon Marketing A at frankreactions.com. Also, if you haven't thought yet about what you're going to get for your business colleagues as a Christmas present, I would suggest you consider giving a business book. Could be mine, People Shock, The Path to Profits When Customers Rule, or it could be somebody else's. But I think business books could be a really good idea for a gift for a business colleague. And if you do want to give them to a whole bunch of colleagues, let me know because we do have bulk discounts available. That's all for today. I will chat with you again in a couple of weeks. Bye.